0: Hey everyone, welcome to Roll Call, a podcast brought to you by Unified Fire Authority. So today's topic is uh, relationships, specifically reunions and farewells. And I'm going to turn it over to Matt McFarland to go ahead and let you know uh, exactly what we talked about.
1: Yeah, as Chris was saying, uh, we went in this with the intent of maybe talking about how the pandemic situation is affecting home life and first responders, but it evolved into something else, and uh, I think it's really productive. Uh, Darren Elkins uh, is a therapist that had really good insight on day-to-day stuff, and uh, his focus of our departure and our greetings and getting in the mindset of transitioning from work and home uh, had great insight, and that, along with uh, Lane Hilton, I think we're lucky that our department supported a new position for him, where he can focus on behavioral health. Uh, hopefully, we'll get more insightful podcasts into the future. This one, uh, I personally found, had some really interesting points and some poignant observations that I think a lot of people uh, get complacent to in their day-to-day life with their partner. So, I hope people enjoy it and get something out of it.
0: Yeah, I definitely learned uh, learned a thing or two during this podcast, and. Uh, there's just some very simple points that are easy to implement immediately that you may even see some, some results in your relationship.
1: Yeah. Immediate payback on them. I think, I think think the payout's going to be great on these easy take home points.
0: Perfect. So a little bit of a longer episode, but hope you enjoy it. Thanks. All right. I would just like to introduce, uh, Darren Elkins. He's a family therapist that we're going to be talking to today. Also, I'd like to introduce Lane Hilton. He's our department's uh, mental health officer. Is that correct?
2: Sure. (laughs) Behavioral (laughs) health and wellness officer, I think is what they're calling me.
0: Okay. Should I redo that?
2: Oh, you don't have to.
0: Okay. Hello, everyone. (laughs) All right. And then we have Kathy Allen, who's going to be the new EMS specialist in EMS division. And we have PIO Matt McFarland. How's it going, Chris? Thanks for having me. Everyone said
2: hi, but Darren. Oh, uh hi. Thanks. Hi, Darren. (laughs) Good (laughs) to be here. (laughs) Sorry, I
0: don't think we explained the protocol to him (laughs) precisely. You can't
3: see me. I gotta get used to that. Yeah. Uh, I nodded my head. Yeah. (laughs) You didn't see that. He waved. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. So we did get a wave for all of you listening.
0: (laughs) All right. So um so the intent for today's podcast is to talk about family dynamics, family relationships, right? Um So what did you want to specifically cover, Elaine?
2: Well, first of all, um, just by way of introduction, Darren is one of our very uh, talented um, contract counselors that we have. Some of you have worked with Darren. Um, As you know, he's pretty amazing. Darren does a lot of work with families, and he has a lot of different and really good ideas about them. And I remember one day I was – sitting in a meeting with him and he was talking about some different ideas. And I thought this would be really useful for us as firefighters and emergency uh, service workers in general, this information would be really good to have. And so we invited him on the show for him to be able to do that. And so, um, just basically want to turn some time over to him to to kind of talk about what he sees as some major issues that face us in relationships and some different strategies to um, help take care of those problems that come up. Well, thank you. Uh,
3: yeah, thanks for the opportunity. I do enjoy my discussions with Lane. We have some fun discussions about this stuff. And this is good for me because this brings together a couple of things I'm, I'm pretty passionate about. As Lane said, from the very beginning, I got my degree as a licensed marriage and family therapist, knowing that was my passion. I love working with relationships and helping people sort it out. Even our individual problems that we have usually have some, uh, they come from, or they can be solved through our relationships. Right. So I, right. I'm passionate about that. And then the opportunity to talk to first responders, you know, I'm passionate about that too. Over my career, I, um, just come to really really just to love this environment and what you guys do. And so it's fun for me to be able to bring those things together and come talk with you about it. Cause I know that in relationships you have some unique challenges, right? You have some of the same ones we were talking a little bit before and, and some of the things that, that, that uh, you have in common with all relationships where you all have some, some common challenges and uh, great things that happen, but we also have unique things that happen within, within your culture because of the way your jobs are designed because of what you do so it is good for us to talk about it. Um, so, kind of as Lane said, I just kind of want to set the tone for what I think uh, might be a couple important things to, to think about, and then we can just kind of talk about and get your thoughts on it as well. But one of the things I I start with is is really kind of what's the what's the goal here? What are we trying to you know what do we want to accomplish? And because I know some people listening might think you know as long as nothing's, nobody's injured running around, we're, everything's fine. Right. Like, right. Isn't that guy, a little bit how you guys determine a good day is when nobody got hurt. Right. I mean, cause that's what you see every day is people, people getting injured, hurt. And, and so a lot, a lot of times in our relationships and honestly, um, seems like men were c- kind of especially wired, that way. But I think in your culture, sometimes we think a good day is when nobody got hurt, you know? Right. And, so what we have to look at that and just, and, and kind of break that down a little bit because your partner may not agree with that. And, and defining hurt is also a little bit of the, of the issue there. Right. She may say I am hurt because you came in the door and you didn't have anything to say to me. That's an injury, right? Right. right. You got to see that as an injury,
0: especially after 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You're
3: gone for two days and that's what I get. You just walk by and right. And you don't have anything to What's say.
2: What's <laughs> Oh yeah. Where's the kids. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Yeah, I gave you a nod. I we're good, right? Let me go play golf or Xbox or hang out, whatever. Just kind of decompress because you might feel like last thing I want to do is connect. You know, I'm just you're worn out. You just need your own time.
1: You kind of want to disconnect at that point in time. A lot of time you get off shift, and your goal is to disconnect and take some me time. Yeah, Yeah, for
0: sure. I think. Yeah, I think that's the case a lot of times. Like you're kind of off the clock. You don't have to worry about the alarm anymore. Or going out on a call, you just want to come home, yeah. Maybe take a breath, hang out, and just not have any external stimuluses for a little bit, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with
3: that. And I think your partner here needs to hear that's that's actually part of your health. It's that that desire to disconnect and do that. That's actually a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that need. What your what's happening within you is that there's a part of you saying like I need some balance here, you know. I need a little bit of time to just kind of get in my own space and just kind of manage and and get better and feel better. And that's okay, but it's how you do that, right? That's right. really important. How do you do that? And one of the things that we've studied and known for a long time about relationships is that transitions are really critical. It's one of the things that Lane and I were talking about. They're really important. And I, I'm here to hope you make you feel like it's not as hard as you think if you can get that part right, you can buy yourself – some good disconnect time, and then we want to talk about what good disc- disconnect time looks like, because there's good disconnect time that's very beneficial, and there's the stuff that you do that you think is helping, that's really actually kind of making it worse, right? Right. So, but it's it's how you do that transition can buy you some of that time that you you need. So, I was in graduate school, and I, um, you might guess, you know, anticipate that for therapists. Our challenge is kind of an emotional wearing day sometimes. We hear right. a lot of stories and yeah. and that can be a little bit taxing too in diff- different way of what you guys experience. But for you guys it's also very emotional. I mean it can be you just had a, a you've seen a lot of tough things, it's been a hard day and you just kind of want to disconnect. And I I I can relate to that on some level too. And I had a professor who gave me a really good tip very early in graduate school that I think has helped me prevent some burnout and, and helped help me get through it. Yeah. So what he taught me was kind of this 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 little strategy, visual strategy. I know you guys like training, right? Yeah. You yeah. live by training; that's your whole life. Right. Absolutely. Give me training. Don't give me this whatever else. Just give me training. Right. So I think of it as good training. That I would had this little exercise I'd go through. I actually kind of like my commute. It's helped me to do this. Um, and now that I'm in the COVID situation, I don't have as much of a commute. I'm at home more often. You guys still have a commute, <laughs> but right. the, here's the, here's the, before I get into that, here's a challenge for you guys is that you don't have as many transitions. I can get it wrong on Monday and get it right on Tuesday. And I've only had 24 hours where I, right. when I'm in the doghouse, whereas right. you guys get it wrong. It might be a long, a little while before you come home again. So you, yeah. you have less opportunities to get it right.
1: You're <laughs> home for four days with that wrong. wrong. over you. <laughs> Yeah. That <laughs> <Yeah, yeah.
3: laughs> four days in the doghouse is a That's long That's a whole time. lot of wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, but the good news is you get it right. And for four days, boy, you get to benefit from getting it right for just that one time. So that's the good side of that. So what, what I kind of learned was this mental strategy for how I check in and out. And what he taught me was he'd say, you know, on the, on the halfway home, uh, to your back going home, kind of just imagine, kind of process your day, just think about what you need to, and kind of go through it and say, you know, that was a tough one. And what did I deal with there? And just kind of mentally go through it and deal with work. Right? right. And then kind of a halfway mark, I'd find a bridge and I just imagine scooping up all the stuff that I'm talking, thinking about and just kind of leaving it in a gunny sack on the bridge. Yeah. And on the other side of the bridge, as I pass underneath it, I was in another bag it's called home. Yeah. Right. And I pull that out and I open it up and say, what's going on there? What have I got to prepare for? So that instead of just walking in the door and feeling like I went straight from either disconnection or work, thinking about work to like all of a sudden I'm bombarded with home stuff and I'm not ready. Right. Yeah. And as you guys know, with training, it's all about muscle memory and being ready. You want right. to be ready. If you're ready, you can handle anything. It's when you, right. when you're taken by surprise that all of a sudden you're like, I don't know what to do here. So I come in the door and I've already been thinking about what am I coming home to? What do I need to, how do I get myself in that mindset? I I'm thinking about my kids and thinking about my wife. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with them already. Yeah. And so I come in the door and I'm, I'm already there. I've already been there with them a little bit yeah. and I know what I need to do. I know, oh man, last Tuesday when I came home, it wasn't a good experience. So how am right. I going to get it right today? And I come in and I get it right. And, and sometimes all you need is five minutes. This has kind of been kind of researched. If you can get the first five minutes, right. You set the tone, right? Just like right. when you leave, if you can get the last five minutes, right. You set the tone. Do you, any of you golf?
1: Um,
0: very little. Very little. No. <laughs> if fan. that's what you call it. I go to a golf course occasionally with yeah. golf clubs. I don't know if what I'm doing is golfing. <laughs> it's hitting the ball.
1: Right. It's Kind of. Kind of
0: not where I really want it to go. The
1: representation yeah. of the noble sport. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I wouldn't say I golf regularly. I get
1: my money's
3: worth because I get a lot of hits in. That's yeah. that's how I look at it, right? Right. But But usually when I have golfed, um, if I get that 18th hole right, I, I love the sport. I'm like, oh, this is why people do this. I had a good hole. I only like triple bogeyed this one. I'm, I'm yeah. feeling really good about this. <laughs> and then I want to come do it again, right? Because that was the last experience I had with it, or like a meal. I know you firefighters like you guys are good in the kitchen, right? You, yeah. you oh, take definitely. great pride in, yeah. in yeah. cooking. And, and if it's that last bite, if if you had a great meal, but the last bite was wrong, that sets the tone for what you remember, right? Right. And Or the first bite was good, that also does. And so, we want to get that last bite right when you're leaving, um, that last experience right, and that first experience right. That way, when you come home and you get that first experience right, then then you can sort of like hug everybody, you make your welcome, and then you can lovingly say, man, it's been a day and I would love to just go sit by myself for a minute. Think how different that goes than if you do that first. Sometimes in your mind, you're thinking, I'm going to go home and sit by myself for a minute and then I'll come in and be friendly with everybody. Right. But you've already lost an opportunity. Everybody thinks you're grumpy and they don't want to be around you. And now when you're ready to be nice and come out, if you ever get there, <laughs> right. then then they you kind of lost that opportunity. So right. if you can just do that briefly, make that work, and then have a discussion about the rest of your night. Maybe you'll be, by then, maybe you've, they've cheered you up and you're fine. And you're like, hey, I don't need alone time. I'm happy here. You know, yeah. Or you might say, oh, yeah, it's good to see everybody, but I'm ready to go. Take a break. You know, I need a little nap or something. It's been a long day. I didn't get much sleep last night.
0: So. Right. So the key is mainly communication, just explaining to them you're going to take a little alone time for a second. Yeah. And then come back and engage. Yeah.
3: But before that, right. you didn't just come in the door and say, yeah, I need some alone time. Yeah. I mean, that's better than just storming off, right? That's right. better. But best is connect first. Right. Can you give two more minutes, right? Do you have right. five minutes? Do you have that much time to... To right. Just give everybody a little bit more of yourself, just for those few minutes, and then see where that takes you.
0: Like what? Maybe a hug. A hug. Hello. Yeah. How, how are you doing? Yeah. How was your day? Tell
3: me about your day, buddy. What 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 happened in right. in class today? What What'd you do? And connecting with everybody, hear from everybody it doesn't have to take that long. Right. And then and then you can be in a better position. Now you have everybody's goodwill. They like you, and you can say, oh, "Man, I I need to take a break."
1: Yeah. I see how that would have a great effect, and it seems so simple. Like, oh, why didn't I think of that? But all too often, I I need that, and I I have a day job. I don't even work the stresses of the station necessarily, but I go home, and in my head, I'm already taking that 10 minutes to myself. I'm already like, I'm going to go to my room. I'm going to get changed, get out of my uniform. Uh, I go check the garden, see if there's any new fruit that needs to be picked, whatever you like to do when you get home. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you show up and you're already doing that in your head, you haven't introduced it to anyone, and you just kind of look like a grump yeah it's a simple yeah. conversation uh and the niceties of greeting each other and uh that's i can see how it would be powerful yeah <laughs> yeah no, that's when, what
0: that's what i've noticed it's like even working the day job sometimes you spend your whole day talking to people right and then right. when i get home i'm just like literally don't want to talk to anyone but i feel like where my mistake happens is i don't necessarily communicate that and then it's just like I might go turn the tv on right and want to just watch tv and unplug for a minute and you know that makes that hurts people right that hurts my wife Mm because she's like you've been gone all day and then you come home and you don't even want to like talk to the kids or Mm -hmm. me you just want to turn the tv on right and so um one of the things i've started doing lately is just come home and just ask her if there's anything that needs to be done right now and then hey would it be all right if i You know, sat down, watched TV for half an hour or whatnot, it's gone a lot smoother, right?
3: That's great. And then, and if you do that enough, you can have those days. You're going to have those days where you don't even have that, you know? You're not in the mood. You're just, you know, that if I try, I'm just going to make it worse. I'm just not in the place to be able to do that. I'm probably going to get snippy with people and it'll just be a bad experience. I wish I didn't. But if you get it right four times, right? You had, this whole month I've gone home and I've done great today was a really tough day. I don't think I can even do that. Like I really need it. Maybe I'll even text in advance and let my wife know today is, I just kind of need that alone time first, right. you know, and then you've bought some goodwill. People thought, oh, okay, he must, he must, you know, he mean it. He needs alone time because normally he would come in and give us that time. So you buy, you buy that goodwill. You're allowed to make mistakes. Yeah. You know, because you had enough good experiences that that's the exception instead of the everyday experience.
0: Yeah. What was, what's interesting too is, is getting your, your partner's perspective on that coming home and just not communicating. Right. Like my wife's perspective is I've had all this time all day long to talk to everyone else and do things for Mm -hmm. everyone else throughout my day. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, what you don't have time to even just come home and, and talk for 10 minutes and just, you know, say, hi, how you doing? Or ask about anyone's day. You just automatically, sit down and try to do your own thing. And so that, that, I mean, that was her perspective, even though that's far from the truth, right? You're, it's not like no one doesn't care about their family. Right. You're just like, I just need some, some time.
2: Yeah. One of of the things, and Chris and I have talked about it many times over uh, the years of our friendship is we, one of the things that I hear too, from a lot of our spouses is we get in the door and we will spend Ten minutes on the dog, who's a good dog, have <laughs> fluffy ears, and, and we just walk by everybody else. And I'm not even as good as the dog. Well, Chris, Chris and I were talking about it, and one of the one of the reasons that we um, approach a dog like that is because the dog's super happy to see us. And if we started acting happy like that when we see our family, think about the response that we're mm. going to get. Mm. And we have great relationships with our dogs, but not so much everywhere else, but it starts with walking in that door and being as happy as you are with that dog, with everybody else. Even if it's just for a minute, like Darren says, those days that we do have those, then communicate those days too.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think uh, in in enacting this, it allows you to open up the conversation with your spouse or whoever you're coming home to, to give them better perspective. Maybe I haven't, given perspective on my mindset when I get home and your spouse or whoever's there, they can greet you with a, a more uh, affable demeanor when you walk in the door too, even if they've had a lousy day, which they're allowed to as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're already in a sour mood or you need a minute for yourself and you walk in and then you hear about how the kids have been unruly all day. And so you've got it on both ends and if both of you can communicate this routine, and so even if you've both had a horrible day you agree that when good you come point. home you're like hey yeah hey good to see you again i'm happy to be home can i take five yes but then I need to take 30. You know? That's a good point because <laughs> right. it's
3: a good thing to communicate to your spouse because they may be ready with, uh, wait till dad's home, all that list of whatever that is, or wait till mom's home. And so you're ready to come home. They they want to just have, you know, you take over. That's the first thing they right. want to say is, boy, it's your turn here, tag. <laughs> I'm done. Right? And so maybe for them to see the value of that time. And the best time to have this discussion, as well as any of your harder discussions our human nature is to have those discussions when the problem's here. When It's heated. it's when you've walked in the door and you're saying, this isn't a good time. Why don't you come in? Why don't you treat me nice when I, well, that's not the right time to have that discussion. Right. That's all about damage control. You okay. guys know triaging, right? Like right. that's the time to just deal with the crisis. The better time to solve the problem is when you're calm, you're, you're in a better mode, you're, you're in loving mode or something. And then you can sit down and say, hey, let's talk about, um our reunions and our and our departures. Your planning right. cycle. And hey, let's talk about you, how we're gonna do that. What? Do you
0: want to know why I like the dog so much? Yeah, yeah.
3: Well right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> she's happy to see me every time I come through the door.
4: <laughs> and she doesn't unload her problems on you immediately. Right, right. <laughs> now I see the a big benefit laying the groundwork, having the conversations in the good times so that when we do have those shifts that are emotionally trying have the tough calls. And you can't, you don't have the emotional capability to connect. You need that downtime to deal with it. But the communication's vital with that. I know we're very poor about even saying, hey, I can't connect right now. I've got to have this downtime. And then everything exacerbates because like we've talked about, your spouse is unloading on you. Kids are dealing with, you know, you come home to broken water heaters, whatever the issue is, compounds the problems of what we're dealing with already at work, especially when we have the, the more traumatic calls to deal with.
3: Yeah. That's a good point, and and you all know that. Keep this in mind because these can be uncomfortable conversations, and we t- so we avoid those. We feel like it's just it's. We're at peace. We're not fighting. Don't bring up anything. Right. That's kind of how we think. But yeah. a little bit of, a little bit of pain now can prevent a lot of pain later. Like just willing to have those uncomfortable conversations, because you know that conversation we're talking about might actually get even if you do it at the right time, it could get a little bit frustrating. You know, you bring up, Hey, why don't you treat me like the dog? And she gets offended. And the next yeah. thing you know, you're in an argument, right? So, uh, they can happen, but keep in mind, those, those sometimes are necessary, right? Little, little pains can help prevent big injuries. And so that, that can be important, um, to remember that we've got to still check in, even if it might get difficult at times. Um, if we just, if we're not talking, we're waiting for the big volcano, the bigger ones, yeah. to, to erupt. So let's just have those conversations.
0: I really liked how you talked about using your commute maybe to kind of check in with yourself and take that time maybe kind of regroup yeah. and prepare yourself. And you know, thinking about it, particularly when I'm ha- when I've had a really busy day in the office, I'll do that on the on my way home. Uh, I won't listen to a podcast. I won't listen to music. I'll just enjoy the silence. Right. Yeah. And just yeah. think about stuff on my way home. And yeah, in hindsight, probably does go a lot smoother. Yeah. Right.
3: If you can find those times, even whether it's your commute, you know, it means everything to our partners. You guys are gone for a long time periods of time. Right. If they, if they feel like I haven't even been on your mind for 48 hours, right. It's like you came home to, Oh yeah, you guys exist. That's right. I forgot <laughs> about this. <Yeah. laughs> then that doesn't feel very good. So little ways you can show that you think about them when you're away, when you have a down moment. I know that sometimes it's hard to communicate, but when you can, that little message that you send, that shows you're thinking about them. Or a way that when you came home and said, you know, I was thinking earlier, like you were thinking earlier about me, you know, like those goes go a long ways to show mm-hmm. that um, because they, what they do know from some of you is that you're thinking about work when you're at home. Yeah. <laughs> they know that. Oh, that's, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. Whether you, how much you communicate or not, they can tell you think about work. What they don't always know is, do you think about them
1: when you're at work? So instead of calling it a commute, uh, recognizing it as a transition yeah. and that muscle memory of seeing this as a transition from one part of my life to another and right. Uh, right, thinking accordingly. I like the music off too. I do that too. Yeah. I've got friends and, uh, my wife thinks I'm psycho when I drive around with no noise in the car and I'm just like, Yeah, this is decompression time i I like the silence yeah Yeah.
0: a lot of times it's literally just kind of processing my day like yeah thinking about things rather than adding just more stimulation to your brain yeah i'm sometimes i'm just like i just feel like i can't even take any any noise at all i'm just gonna just drive and think about Mm -hmm. you know my day and what needs to happen tomorrow what needs to happen when i get home uh, whatever else it's healthier
1: than walking into the house with your noise canceling headphones on. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. I mean, When they say hi, you just like don't even look. You're just like
2: doing your own thing
3: or stealth mode. How did, right. how did you get here? I came into the basement door and stuck <laughs> up.
0: Right. Right. And yeah. And with, you know, working in the station being gone for 48 hours too, that's, you know, from my wife's perspective, especially if we're busy, like we may not be busy with, calls necessarily a hundred percent of the time, but maybe we have a bunch of training we're doing and then we're running calls. And then before, you know, it's, Oh, it's time to go grocery shopping. And then it's time to prepare meals. Then it's time to go on more calls. And a lot of times, you know, I've had, I've been in the, the situation where maybe I haven't texted or called my wife, but one time, like at the very, very end of the day. And, you know, from her perspective, just like you were saying, she probably gets the impression that I'm probably not thinking about her at work. Um, where, I mean, honestly, hindsight doesn't take much just to shoot a text and say, Hey, what's up? Thinking about you. I
3: things go a long way. Right. I remember once my, I had a learning opportunity with my son and, uh, it was my, his, my wife's birthday. And, uh, I said, buddy, she has a favorite game she likes to play. We like to play Jackbox TV. You guys ever play that? those games? Yeah. They're really fun. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. got to check it out. Yeah. So it's on like your uh, streaming off your laptop or Xbox or PlayStation. I know some of you have one of those.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, uh,
3: so when you can get these games, and they're interactive. So you use your phone, but there's a – so on the screen, there's the game, and then you're putting in – it's trivia games or drawing games and stuff like that. She loves playing that. He doesn't love it for some reason, even though they're fun for most kids. But I said, buddy, Kay, you got an opportunity. You know she's going to want to play those games today, right? It's like, yeah. I said, so let me show you something. And you can't see what I'm doing on podcast, but I showed him. I kind of put my hand down low and then kind of medium and then up over my head. And I said, these are three different levels of what you can do today. At the bottom level, way down here at the floor is if we want, mom wants to play games and you say no and you kind of act like a brat about it. That's not, you're down in the basement there, right? That's not good. That up here by my knees is you did it, but you were grumpy about it. Up here by my hips maybe is is you did it and you didn't complain. Way over my head is you thought of it (laughs) and said, Mom, I think we should play Jackbox TV today on your birthday because I know you love it right? Yeah. Same activity. You still had to endure this game. You don't necessarily love, but how, look how much leverage you got. Look how much like more impact you made by doing it this way. Right. Yeah. You can either do it If I send flowers because she's asked for it. Okay. You know, that was nice of me to obey or <laughs> follow through with a, right. a wish. But if I did it on my own, it wasn't mother's day or her birthday, boy, that's even more. Right. So right. when you think of it on your own, it it says a lot more. I mean, we're all that way. If 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 they someone feels like they you know they did it because they feel like they had to with some kind of social exchange, then fine. But if they did it cause they didn't need to and they were just looking out for you, thinking about you, it goes a lot further, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's yeah. what probably our spouses could if 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 your spouse came in you came in the door and your spouse said, You know what, why don't you just go take it easy for a little bit? You already wanted to do that. But since right. they since they gave you permission and actually suggested it. That go a long ways for them too. You're like it?
0: you're the most beautiful woman. Yeah, in the yeah. World <laughs> <alive>. <laughs> yeah.
3: Ironically, you all may right. not want to spend time alone anymore. You're like, oh wow, okay, I want to be with you because yeah. I love that. <laughs> and I can
4: tell you from a female perspective, a little bit does go a long way. Just that text, hey, you know what? Sorry, busy day, just but wanted you to know I was thinking about you. Just something. It really does go a long way for me, anyway. I can't speak for all women, but
3: I think it's pretty
2: almost universal, at least, huh? Yeah. So everybody yeah. stop and text your partner right now there you go, go. Yeah. I mean that's
0: I feel like for me communication's probably my weakest area, right Like uh, I'll go hours and hours at work without texting or calling so and I know from speaking for my wife, she'll also agree with that too. Yeah. not a great communicator <laughs> not texting
1: your wife. I get accused of this for you you know, I spend all day communicating, talking to people, texting people, emailing yep. people, but I didn't take two seconds to throw in her direction, right? Which is an easy fix,
0: right? Right. Yeah, easily said. Which take you know may take a little humility to kind of look at and be like, yeah. maybe it is me doing something wrong, right? Maybe it's maybe that's my
2: fault, right? Yeah. No, <laughs>
0: no, probably her
2: fault. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> so, or... <laughs> but, Boy, you brought feelings here.
0: That's weird, dude. Yeah.
1: Dan kept kicking them back out now.
3: <laughs> kicking them out, gone. Yeah. I think along
1: with what Lane was saying about uh, greeting the dog with all that emotion and nobody else and what you were saying about how you can walk in and just take a moment. We take liberties with the people closest to us um, that we wouldn't yeah. if we... We're going home from work, and we ran into our friends or our mother-in-law in in the store before we stopped home. We'd still put on the good face and engage, but then we get home to the people closest to us, and we're not afraid, or we're thoughtless enough to just disengage and not think about that, and it's because we're most comfortable with them. We show them ourselves in the most vulnerable state in a way, but it's seemingly super disengaged.
3: Mm Matthew. I I like how you said that. And I think that we need to remember that when we're on the other end of that, when I see the less flattering side of my spouse, if she just shows her emotion or, you know, we get up and we don't care as much with our spouse, what we look like in the morning. If somebody else saw us that way, we'd be like, no way. I think that's, that's a good thing, right? That shows our level of comfort with each other. We need to remember that we don't want to, we still need to remember that we should dress up for our spouses. We should like try to show our best, put our best foot forward but you know it, it comes from a good place that we're just comfortable with each other yeah you know and that's a good thing
1: but you can get too comfortable but probably. too comfortable but, becomes
3: yeah. problem right yeah right. we should still
1: yeah and i was just
0: i was just thinking about it just just here a second ago uh i mean imagine the reaction you'd get if you went to the station and didn't say hi to anybody or greet anybody right <laughs> Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. What about so that so concept? That's a good way to you'd, look at it. You just like show up to the station and like people are like, "Hey, how's it going?" And you're just like, "Man," eh. and just like go to your room or just go off and do your own thing, right? right. They'd be like, well, "I'd be getting yeah. called." Exactly. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, uh, hey, uh, something's wrong with Middle Miss. Yeah. You need to come talk to him, Lane. <laughs> that's a good point. And
1: we counsel our yeah. newest employees on that when they are in recruit academy. You go to a new station. You show up for work. First thing you do go to the table, greet the captain before you start doing your checkoffs and stuff. En- Engage. And that's a great, with the you know, crew, that's right? a great analogy. <laughs> right. And then you
3: start to wonder why your relationships at work are better than at home because you brought a different
4: yeah person. Put the time and effort into it.
1: You give
3: your
2: better yeah, self. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Maybe get out of that mindset of uh eh, I'm just going home. She's seen <laughs> me a million times. Yeah. It's cool.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> so question for you, you mentioned, uh, farewells. What would you suggest on that? Farewells. It's a similar idea.
3: But it really sets the tone for how they're going to think about you the rest of the day or in two days, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 the way you leave. If you just if I just heard the door click, really, you know, that's how you leave. Yeah. You know, and it's just that, that. Well, you said
2: bye to the dog first. You
3: said goodbye to the dog. <laughs> that's true. You did. Yeah. You spent My time puppy. with the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Taking a few minutes, so that requires you to be a little bit planned. Maybe you had to run out the door because you weren't pl- you weren't you didn't plan your day very well, and you're you want to be you want to be late. But right. so you have to be planned, but it's the same thing. It's the same idea. It's that if they're asleep, kiss on the forehead, it's the, it's the little things. And, and, you know, you can get caught up in the um, sometimes that you feel like, well, you don't do that to me. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll just, you, you don't kiss me on the forehead when I, before you leave, you don't give me a hug, you don't round everybody up. It's easy to get caught up in, in that kind of way of thinking. And if by, by the way, if that bothers you, you should let them know, like I, I would appreciate it if, these are things I want to do. And I appreciate that coming from you as well. But, yeah. but we, we want to give, you know, that better um, part of ourselves as we, as we walk out the door too. that. it just sets the tone. It's not going to think about you. If, if our, Lane and I are having a great day to get, get great day together today, we we went out golfing or whatever. If the last two minutes, you know, didn't go well. And we kind of had a little argument or didn't get along. That's what I'm going to remember the rest of the day is as how you finished.
0: Or if you just, Walked to his car and left without saying anything. Yeah. Yeah. I just took off. Yeah.
3: Can you imagine? Like, just, yeah. Where what did he go? Just that was so weird. Yeah. Is he mad at me? He'd be calling Sean. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember, it's the 18th hole. It's why you go back golfing is because you had yeah. a good 18th hole. Even if the rest of the day, even yeah. if that it, even if it just didn't go well, you you argued, you were, there was this ice between you or all, all right. that stuff. If you can just muster up a few minutes of, you know, just that hopeful message of, you know what? We're going to be all right. Yeah. We'll figure this out. And little, little things like that can be like, you know, I'll think about you. I'm going to be thinking about ways that I can, by the way, if you want them to be thinking in a more productive mode, we've all done this before. You've had an argument and then you kept it going in your head, (laughs) right? You done this. And then when the next time you see them, it's, you're already mad at the things they they said in your own head and they're accountable for that too. So if you want them to not be thinking that way, show them that you're not going to do that. Like if you had a rough day, you had an argument, say, you know, I'm going to be thinking about ways that I could have done this better. Right. And I kind of think that suggests if they want to be on board with you, they're going to do the same thing. That gives gives yourself a better opportunity later for that reunion to say, you know,
0: I'm going
3: to to give this some thought.
0: Maybe take some personal responsibility rather than think about what 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 they could have done differently. A a personal responsibility. You mean making
4: yourself vulnerable?
0: Maybe. Uh Uh-oh, you just used a... Yeah.
3: There's Very emotional feeling word. That's a feeling word. I don't want to be vulnerable.
0: <laughs> Screw that. That's yeah. a hard way. Um yeah. And I mean, even from from with the forty eight hour shifts, I feel like too, uh you know, in the past when I when I was working in the field and I'm going back to the field, I feel like that farewell really starts to take place like the night before, right? Mm. Because I'm waking up at six AM in the morning, no one's going right. to be awake or right. or whatnot. And so I just, I know from experience that that last night before shift can make or break how your shift goes, right? Like if I've spent two hours the last night of my four off fighting with my spouse, I'm probably going to have a pretty crappy time on my 48 and it's going to make my 48 feel like it's a week long, right? Right. Um, Because it's super hard to resolve things over the phone, right? Like if I'm going to have an argument with my spouse, I would prefer to do it in person, Right, so you, you can read each other's body language expressions mm-hmm. and tone, um especially you know if you're mad, you may interpret a text they send, you oh, may yeah. be reading it in in what you perceive their angry voice, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I can't believe they just text that to me, or vice versa, yeah. and so, um, so yeah, I really I feel like that farewell really takes place the night before. that's a um, great you know. so what
3: you just showed it's kind of what I showed my son, right, you know low, down here by my knees is you spent a good two minutes right before you left, but you've been yeah. neglecting before. You went higher than that. You said, you know, because that could seem pretty, you know, I mean, maybe it's better than nothing, but if I've been kind of ignoring you and haven't, and then all of a sudden just two minutes before I leave, I'm really sweet and saying yeah. goodbye. It was like, well, where's this been? You know, so yeah. what you're suggesting is even better, I think, given that more time to really connect, really connect.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that's just from personal experience because I have had arguments with my wife the night before shift and it really doesn't put you in the greatest place mentally i feel like to be prepared for the work you're going to do right which is i guess the same concept coming home yeah maybe take that extra time to think about what you're what the mindset you need to be in in order to walk through that door and be there for your family
1: yeah we do a lot of uh i do anyways you get in the mindset of going to work Right. And when you're going to the station to work a shift, uh, maybe you should take going home as seriously. <laughs> right.
0: Which I, I mean, honestly, until this podcast, I never really thought about. Right. It was kind of, it's kind of a uh, self-centered kind of way of thinking about it, I guess. By not thinking about it, you're just like, oh, I have to go to work and I have to be on my A game for work. But how often are we like, okay, I'm getting off this morning. I need to be on my A game for my family. Which I, I, I'm guilty of probably not thinking about that. So,
2: well, and what's the most important thing? It, it the family really should be your family,
0: right?
2: Um, one question I had for you, if you don't mind explaining it, it, it. One of the things I hear a lot when I recommend couples counseling is that people will say, "Well, I don't want a guy because then they'll take his side, or I don't want a, a, a girl because mm-hmm. then she'll take his side." Uh, her side. And there's a lot of misconception as to what couples counseling is. Can you kind of just explain the format and what couples counseling is and what it isn't? Good,
3: good question. Yeah. Because that can be, that's scary. I think even in some ways more, more intimidating and scary than individual counseling. Cause in individual counseling, if it doesn't go well, you can just chalk it up to, well, that wasn't very helpful, but it can feel like you're worried that in couples counseling damage could be done. The cl- the counselor took her side and I'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> right. Or something right. like that. And I, you know what? I, I can appreciate that, that concern. I, I think it's a very valid concern thing to be concerned about is that someone could actually make things worse. So I would actually start by saying, do your research, you know, go, it's, we, you don't just go to a, you, you, you put more care into, what car you pick out than your therapist. Sometimes I think it's okay to check it out and say, who do I like? And if someone were to call our organization, we'd be fine with them asking who's good with couples and who who's good with certain Yeah, people. It's fine. If you ask for particular backgrounds, religious backgrounds, or if you want a male or female and you've talked that through as a partner, as, as, as a couple, that's fine. We will accommodate those requests. But to your point, your question lane, if the therapist is, is doing their job, right, it, it, that doesn't come into it. Their their training isn't to say, what's the right outcome given this situation. They're they're not trained. Their training isn't to say, should we or should we not move or uh, go live with your mother in law or move to Arizona or you know we're not trained in what decisions you need to make, but how how we help you make those decisions. You know, yeah. um, if I'm doing it right, I, what I'm doing is I am just sitting back and being a process consultant what they're arguing about is not really important to me. That's not, I don't right. care where you where you go on vacation, but what I want to know is how are you talking about it and helping you each be heard and finding a voice for each of you. And, and if those concerns do come up as they may, then talking about it, you know, just with your therapist. I like it if people challenge me and they say, you know, I don't know about that. It feels like that wasn't a fair response. You know, I yeah. feel like you're taking her side or something like, I love it if people are being honest with me, but let's talk about that. Because this is what she wants you to hear. I, it's not about what I want you to hear. It's what she wants you to hear. And are you hearing it? And vice versa, right? So th- our training is in helping people stepping outside of our own solutions and just helping people find theirs, right? Helping them figure out what's going to be best for them. And, and that's really kind of the simplest way to break that down because it's, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. We're just here to help. We want to help what is not happening. You don't feel like um, you're not listening to me. You're not getting where I'm coming from. And we, and we, and then we skip to solutions. We're trying to solve something. We don't even understand yet. Right. So My whole hope is that I'm helping people really understand it when they finally get each other, you know, um, I'm working with a couple right now. They're trying to decide if they want to have another baby. And this is a hard one because you either you do or you don't, it's no split in the middle on that one. Right. right. And so that's a hard one. How, which side do I take? You know, I'm not going to take a side on this, but how do I help them hear each other? And my goal is to say, put aside the decision. Let's just talk about that. I just My goal is that you will be able to look at each other and see each other as on the same side of the table, finally, not arm wrestling each other across it. That you're on the same side looking at this saying, we both want for each other to feel like they're getting what they need. This is the litmus test to me. And this is what I talk about probably more than anything, is what I want to make sure I'm doing in my marriage and other people are doing is I'm asking myself the question at all times, whether I'm in therapy, at home, out to dinner, in an argument, especially then is, am I looking out for you? Right. Cause that's my, above all my primary responsibility. And that's her primary responsibility is to look out for each other. If at any point I feel like I'm not looking out for you, that's when we take a timeout or I got to do some work inside my head to get that right. Yeah. Because that's, that's when we're no longer going to make any progress now I'm just defending myself. You're defending yourself. No one's getting anywhere if I'm not looking out for you.
0: Right. Right. So um can you talk a little bit maybe about what would be some indicators that you need to to you need uh, couples counseling mm. versus this is this is just a disagreement or this is just a fight. Yeah. Right? Like or an
2: individual therapy.
0: Right. How yeah. do you how do you gauge yeah, good point. how do you gauge from from looking at your relationship, if you would need marriage counseling or Good. couples counseling?
3: Good question. I I would say, if in doubt, give it a shot, first of all. I mean, right. because this isn't surgery. You would never want to do surgery unless you knew you really needed it. Right. But therapy, you can do just for a checkup. I occasionally have, Lane's probably seen this, people are just like, we just kind of want to make sure we're okay. You know, we want to just kind of talk things out. And you can ask us questions to help us. Give us a, a checkup, it's like going to a doctor. When do you need to go to a doctor? Sometimes when if you're you waited sick. until you were sick enough, you're like, I wish I'd have gone earlier. I, yeah. What I really needed to do was get checkups earlier. Right. So you're talking to somebody who thinks that, uh, and this has been my experience. If you've ever done it, most people will say, boy, that was a lot less think- scary than I thought it would be. I'm so glad. It, like I thought that I was going to lay on a couch and they're gonna ask me all these questions to pull me, take me apart and put me back together again, like my childhood and all these deep questions. And they find out really actually it was way more uh, easy and less intrusive than that. Um, you know, we do a lot of just solution focused. You come in and tell us your challenge, it's up to solve it. We don't right. have to take it all apart and put it back together. Right. So one of the things is that litmus test. If you find that you're no longer doing that on a consistent basis, you're you just you're getting constantly in this this pattern. Where you're just not you're just getting stuck. You're in a rut. You just can't get out of it. Right. Um, that's when you know, boy. some you know, think outside the box. Does, what's that definition of insanity? Right. Same old thing. Right. Hoping for new results. If you're stuck in that rut, just having a third party who's no is not emotionally wrapped up in what's going on is not going to be pulled into it. Look, I'm a counselor, but if I try to do it in my own family, I'm not as effective because I'm emotionally involved. Having right. somebody who's can kind of think more objectively, be a process consultant with you about it, it can always be helpful. And you, by the way, it's confidential. So you don't yeah. have to worry about this coming out to bite you later on with information that you shared. Right. So if you're stuck in a rut, any kind of rut, whether it's a deep rut and there's a lot of pain or it's just a small one and you're just not finding the solutions, I'd say, look outside your box. If it's a book you want to read together, try that. Yeah. If it's a movie that you think will help, Therapy is not the only solution, right? right? Go try going for walks together, meditation. There's lots of ways to do this, but therapy is one of those ways you can you can say, let's just get some new information. Let's have somebody else look at this with us and see what we can do.
1: I think uh, <clears throat> I agree with all that, obviously. Uh, but what Lane said, too, about do you need individual sessions, too? And that can go a long way. Sometimes you got to recognize, in my personal experience, um, is this a, we problem or is this a me problem? Mm. Um, and we always think that our problems are very unique or this is firefighter or EMS related. This is something that I'm bringing to the table and, um, unique problems are rarely unique. And I would think as a therapist, <laughs> you see patterns there where a lot of people are like, ah, oh, this is me, but it's something you've seen before, or you've seen a version of it before. And to have the self-awareness to understand that I'm bringing this issue to the table. Maybe I need to address this before I, I further it with my spouse.
3: Good point. Yeah. If you've seen yourself that it would be better, you know, we're running a three-legged race. That's what a marriage is, a relationship. That's what it is with your kids. It's what all relationships are. There's the, there's the me leg, the you leg, and then the us leg. And if any one of those aren't working. We're running in circles or we're dragging. Right. <laughs> so we got to identify what parts, but they kind of go hand in hand. And sometimes it's kind of a little bit of both, right? Sure. Because you get to a point in your own individual work where you feel like, I'm kind of stuck without your help. Like, I feel like you're, you're the thing that's keeping me from, from getting there. Like I need your help. And so we just kind of identify that. And sometimes you'll go into a counselor and they'll plan that with you. You'll just, just bring it out and just say, I don't know, is this a me thing or a we thing? Then, well, let's talk about it. And let's come up with a plan together. Maybe there'll be a bit of we time and some of it could be individual as well to help you work through those things personally.
0: Great. Is there any other, any other questions you want to address or, no, or uh, topics not, you want to address, Lane?
2: Not really. Um, Darren, uh, do you want to just plug the company a little bit, tell them where you're from and, and who you work for and everything?
3: Good, yeah. So I'm a clinical... Um, I'm trying to get my title right because it just changed clinical operations director for Blumquist Hill. So we're an employee assistance program based here in Salt Lake. And we have offices all across the Wasatch Front and then affiliate counselors around the country. And I love what our model, because it's a, it's, it's paid for by organizations so that people don't have to worry about insurance billing and therapists don't have to worry about insurance billing, which is fun. And we can just get to busy doing what we enjoy doing. It's a short term solution focused, um, model, that's the right model for about eighty-five percent of the challenges that people face. If they need something more long-term, real long-term uh, drug treatment or things like that, we can help get them connected to services too. So that's part okay. of our service, and so we just provide a, a counseling benefit to help help people through their organizations. It's both the the employee and their dependents to help them through their challenges.
0: Okay, and that's Blumquist Hale. Blumquist Hale H A L E. Yeah, guys have a website.
3: Yeah, just BlomquistHale.com. Okay. And uh, lots of information there. And how long Perfect. have you been with them? I've been there 12 years now. Okay.
0: Yeah. And is is Blumquist Hale, uh a resource that we can access through our EAP?
2: We we have uh, certain therapists like Darren uh, that we contract with okay. um, through their organization. Perfect. Yeah.
3: We've identified people. We, we've been for a while now seeing that it's not enough for our therapists to be therapists when it comes to first responders. Right. They need to be experts on what you do um, right. on ride along. So I've, I've enjoyed doing that. Oh, nice. um, getting, we've had some of you guys come in and do uh, we podcast you or not, yeah. except that we don't do a podcast. We just sit there and drill you and right. ask questions, get to know you, your culture. We've had training outside training, come in and do specific training on what seems to be most helpful for first responders. So we understand that there's a special kind of need there because you guys have a, unique challenges and unique culture and and so we we uh, have identified a smaller group of people that we've internally trained to be more prepared to handle uh, handle you guys. <laughs> it makes it sound awesome. really, uh, be yeah. able to,
0: how was your ride along <laughs> when you got to the station where you guys, did they just bombard you with like well, relationship problems? <laughs> and be like, hey,
2: what do I do about this? Hey, what do I do about this? It was a little of I <laughs> have a really good dog. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I, I had a little bit, I got to do more ride alongs. Cause I had, I know you guys call it the ride along curse that the, the day that you get a ride along yeah. is the quietest day, but, right. but it gave me an opportunity to, to really get to know a lot of guys and cool people there. It was fun.
2: And how we, how we found, uh, Darren really was, he does, a, he was doing a lot of work and still does with West Valley and they loved working with him over there. So that's why we approached him to be one of our contract vendors. And, um, uh, for those of you that are working with him now, you know how cool he is, but he is awesome. Lane,
1: Thanks. on that note, do you want to remind us and uh, the employee pool, if we have a problem as a UFA employee, whether it's, you know, deep seated and insidious, or if we just have something we want to work out, something, one of these minor tweaks to our relationship or ourself, how does a UFA employee go about initiating, um, help?
2: Okay. Um, the peer support list is at every station and it's kind of hanging out everywhere. You can call anybody on that list and they can, uh, you know, a lot of times just work out problems with you right there. They're really good at problem solving. Um, the, Next step, if you did want counseling help, would just to be uh, would be to just contact me, or you can get in touch with Mike Greensides or Cal, and uh, just kind of talk about what you want, what you needed, and we can get you into the resources that that we have. And the majority of what we use is uh, contract vendors like like Darren to make sure that the people that we are going to really understand. Uh, us and people like us and are used to our fi- family dynamics because we are very different. And um, everybody that we have, we've vetted and made sure that they they have some sort of training and background in that. So,
0: so if they contact a member of the peer support group or you or Captain Greensides or Cal, that, that meeting or the information disclosed in that meeting, would that be confidential?
2: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and that's under the peer support law. Um, they won't be able to talk about it, barring, uh, mandatory reporting things that we all have right now as, yeah. uh, public servants. So, okay.
1: Are we still using any EAP as well? If we wanted to directly contact third party.
2: Yeah. If, if you didn't want to utilize us, uh, you can, uh, contact our EAP. However, I will say that, um, most of the time they will refer you out to somebody on your insurance network. Okay, And that's one of the reasons that we have contract vendors and the department pays for you to go to them as much as you need to, um, is just because if you're going to get sent out anyway, we'd like to at least give you the option of picking somebody that gets us. So when you show up and you do therapy, you don't make the therapist cry. and. that's happened sure so um, or how do you you know and those of you that have been through it how I don't know how you do this every day because then you walk away going how do I do it every day (laughs) (laughs) I hope
1: you
3: you could help me not make it worse Now now
2: we're both wrong we're sad so um, but yeah that's why that's why we have uh, people like Darren set up and Darren I want you to know how much we appreciate your help uh, that you've given some of our people so far and we love working with you You, thank you. you Really are good, and thanks for sharing all of this with us.
0: Yeah, thanks for taking the time yeah, to come you. in and you guys have a great resource. Podcast. And I'll
2: just
3: just give a plug right back to Lane that
0: yeah.
2: that you
3: guys are fortunate to have someone who's just dedicated, and I, I see it from each one of you. This is you guys are a group who gets that um that uh, there's there's a human cost to what you do, right. and uh, you want to take good care of your people to prevent problems and to help them get the help they need as they need it. What you do is is not is critically important, and it is difficult, and so. We appreciate, for me, it's an honor to be a part of support. If I can support what you do, I feel pretty good about my day.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to come in and and talk to us. This has been awesome, I think. I've learned, I've definitely learned a few things that
1: I think will help me going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Casual conversation makes you think about things you were trying not to. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Weird. Yeah. All right. That's it. Thank you.